This is it, people. This is what you've been waiting for. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast. The podcast for everyday people with everyday problems trying to find everyday solutions to accomplish everyday goals. Let's start the show. You, 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 you. Welcome to Everyday Celebrity Podcast. This is a this is a random episode. Um, I chose to do this, and I chose to go on live because of all the shit that's going on in the world today. Specifically, I'm saying the police brutality, the murders. Um, yeah, and I just want to vent about it. I want people to call in. I provided a number. I want people to call in, uh, to vent also, say what's on your mind. I mean, all backgrounds are welcome. All ideas are welcome. Uh, if you agree with what's going on, if you're a cop lover, call in. I want to hear why. If you got a problem with the looting, I want to hear why, and let's just have a conversation, you know what I'm saying? 510-292-3758 is the number, but what what I really want to get in is to, uh, let's see, the looting. I'm fucking tired of hearing people, reporters and shit, talking about looting and looting, this and that. This is my take on it. These people who are looting, when you kick a dog, let's see, because a lot of people don't understand what the fuck is going on. They think, oh, they're just looting, they're burning down buildings, they're fucking up cities. Now, what I think is... We just say like this. When you kick a dog, right? Let's say you have a dog and you kick that you kick the dog all the time. You keep kicking it. You keep kicking the dog. You keep kicking it. And then one day that dog is gonna bite the shit out of you. So basically a person can only take so much before he strikes back. And that's basically what you're seeing today. That is basically what you are seeing around the nation with all the looting, with everything that's going on. People are frustrated. People are not going to take this shit anymore. The police have been murdering people of color since the fucking police force was created in Boston. A lot of people don't know that. The first police force was created in Boston. And then the second police force, I think, was created in New York. This was back in like the 1800s. So you can just imagine, just imagine that time, the 1800s, of when the fucking, what was going on in the 1800s. It was racism, crazier than what it is today. So you could just imagine the police, how they were back in those days. The police have always been a racist institution. Uh, I think it's a gang, honestly. And after slavery, 
after Lincoln freed the slaves, well, he didn't really free the slaves. He just transferred the balance of power from the slave owner to the fucking, basically, the government. Because after the slaves were free, literally the next day, the prison system was created. The prison system was created because, okay, we have thousands and thousands of these free black people running around. They took, they took the slave labor away from the, the plantation owner. So the plantation owner is like, okay, well, we, I don't have, they're lazy. We can't fucking pick the cotton. We can't uh, do the crops and all that shit. So we have all these free, we have, we have all these free slaves running around. So what are we going to do? How can we get labor out of all these black people running around that are free? Okay, let's create a police force. And then let's create the prison system. The police force was created to capture all those free slaves. And then the prison system was there, was created to hold all those free slaves. And that's basically the gist of it. So throughout history, throughout its creation, the fucking police force was created to fuck up black people. So how are you going to change something that his soul, that the soul of it, the whole creation of it was created off racism? Just like this country. Like, how, how can you fucking fix this country when the country was created off of racism? So... But a lot of people need to get grips, get into grips with that before they start looking at fucking uh, rioting and looting. That's the whole gist of the problem. It's not the rioters. <clears throat> the rioters are rioting and looting because they fucking can't take it no more. People are tired of fucking marching peacefully. You know what I'm saying? You saw where that got us. Back in the 60s. You look at TV now, you watch the news. And you look at everybody rioting and looting. You look at the police beating up uh, peaceful protesters, pushing women to the ground, taking their billy clubs, surrounding protesters. You look at those images and then you go back and go on YouTube or fucking research and look at the images of the, the civil rights movement. It's literally the same fucking thing just in color and with more fancy police have more fancier gadgets that's basically all it is but it is exactly the same instead of police dogs buying buying people's ankles and shit they're spraying people with fucking pepper spray still beating you up with the billy clubs But they want people to be peaceful. People are tired of being peaceful. Because we've been being peaceful for years. People have been protesting peacefully for years. And nothing changes. People of color, black people are still getting murdered by the police. The police are not being held accountable. Our voices are not getting heard. 
So black people, when they, when someone dies and gets murdered, there's a big uproar. We demand justice, and nothing happens. And the crazy thing that about nothing happening is that it's so blatant that these cops murdered this guy. That's the crazy thing. It's literally right there. You watch this video and there's no way that you can say that that wasn't murder. If I'm choking somebody for nine minutes, well, first of all, if, you, if I'm choking somebody, I know there's a chance that you're going to fucking not be able to breathe. That's what choking is. You're cutting off fucking air. Uh, you're cutting off your air circulation. You can't breathe. And if I'm doing that for nine minutes, and when someone is yelling at me saying, hey, this guy can't breathe, this guy can't breathe, this guy can't breathe, and I'm still choking you, then obviously my intention is to kill you. And it's all right there. That's all the evidence you need. But the police were fired. And it took an outpouring from society for them to arrest this man. Now let's 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 take that back. Let's go back and imagine if this wasn't filmed, right? Imagine if this wasn't filmed. Imagine if people weren't walking by with their cameras on their camera phone. Because you know what the cop said. He was resisting arrest. You know what? The, as soon as uh, as soon as the guy was dead, they put him in the ambulance. They all huddled up. If you watch the video, they all huddled up after the guy was in the ambulance. And when they were huddling up, they were like, okay, well, now it's time to create the story. Let's all come together and create a story that we can tell to make it look like there's a reason why he's dead. He was resisting arrest. Oh, he had a counterfeit bill. He didn't want to comply. He had a criminal record. What does that, what, what, I mean, what, what does that have to do with you uh, standing on his neck for nine minutes? Since when does having a counterfeit $20 bill lead to an arrest? That's not an arrestable offense. Because first of all, it's not like he made the counterfeit bill. Whoever had a counter, if anyone in the world ever had a counterfeit bill, they, half of, the majority of the people won't even know it's fucking counterfeit. So this guy went in the store to purchase something. He didn't fucking know that he had a counterfeit bill. Someone gave it to him. So it was not an arrestable offense, first of all. These cops were racist. They had bad intentions from the jump. As soon as they pulled up, they had bad intentions. 
Because if they didn't, why would you even put this black man in handcuffs over a counterfeit bill? He didn't have any warrants. He didn't have any guns or weapons on him. Yet he was put in handcuffs, walked across the street. I don't know how many fucking police officers were there, but there was more than five. Five police officers for this one man over a counterfeit bill. And then you're beating them in the back of the fucking police car. Took him to the ground. And then proceeded to sit with your knee on his neck for nine minutes. And nine minutes for, for a lot of people who don't think that's a long fucking time. Just imagine holding your breath. Imagine holding your breath for nine minutes. You probably can't even you probably can't even get up to four minutes holding your breath. Nine minutes is a long fucking time. Especially when a two hundred and some pound man with his knee, all of his weight is on your artery, on your neck. And he knows that it wasn't like the knee was on the back of his neck. It was on the side of his neck where that main artery is going up and down your neck. You, and then you have multiple people saying that the man cannot breathe. The man cannot breathe. And yet you ignored and you were grinning about it. And this is what I this is this is when I say like all cops. I don't fuck with all I hate all cops. And this is why I say that. Cause everyone knows that all cops are not bad. But the majority of them are. And those majority of them, they get the bad rap because they will sit there knowing that you're doing something bad, knowing their partner or whatever the fuck, their their coworker or whatever, is doing something bad and will not stop you or speak up. All it took, all it would have took is there was four cops. There was three cops on the dude's back, two cops on his back, one cop on his neck. So there were three cops literally holding this one person down when he was in handcuffs on his stomach. And then there was one cop standing, making sure, trying to block people from filming. And everyone's telling this Chinese cop or Asian, whatever the fuck he is, Tao, everyone's telling him, look, the guy's eyes are rolling back. He pissed on himself. He's yelling for his mom, a grown-ass man yelling for his mom because he knows it's only seconds before he's going to be dead. His eyes rolls back. His fucking nose stops bleeding. And when your nose starts to bleed, that means the air from your lungs is done. And they had a fucking off-duty fucking med person there also, paramedic, in plain clothes, was yelling at him, saying, you need to get off this man, he cannot breathe. 
And a Chinese cop says, well, this is what happens when you do drugs. Now, that statement alone, he should he, he should be already he should have been already arrested. Just by saying that statement alone. I don't give a fuck if he wasn't the actual actual one on his neck. Just by making that statement alone, this is what happens when you do drugs. He should be arrested. He should be in jail. The attorney general for fucking Minneapolis heard that. And why is this guy still walking the street? The white officer that had fucking his knee on his neck had 19 cases of misconduct. And he was still walking the street policing. Now, I don't know any person in the world that has a job. If you get written up 19 times, you're going to be fired. I don't understand why a police officer with 19 citations of misconduct, and he was involved in multiple police shootings that led to multiple deaths, is, was able to walk the streets and police a neighborhood of minorities when it's obvious the dude is a racist and not good at his job. So, all of this could have been prevented, the looting, if all four of those cops would have got arrested right after they got fired. It was that simple. So, these business owners... Of course, yeah. Of course, everyone feels sorry for you that you lost your business. Your business is trashed. People looted. But there's a time where who gives a fuck about your business? Who gives a fuck that your windows are broke? Who gives a fuck that people went in there and took shoes out of Foot Locker? Who gives a fuck that people went in AT&T and stole phones? Who gives a fuck that they went into Vons or any other grocery store and took food? All that shit could be replaced. If you're a business owner, you should have business insurance in the first place and all that shit could be replaced. So there's a time where who gives a fuck about your business? We have our first call. Hello? It's Liana. What's up? This is who? Liana. Liana? <laughs> okay, we have our first guest. We have Liana on the phone. How you doing? I'm doing good. You're live on uh, you're live on Facebook and you're live on the, uh, the live recording of Everyday Celebrity Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for thanks for calling in. No problem, man. Anything to support. So, do you have anything uh to say or vent about uh the, what's going on in the world? Well, 
I mean, considering the fact that this is something that's been going on in this country for so long, it's about time that something is happening. But yet again, we've seen this happen before, so I'm really just hoping and working hard to create that realistic, actual change. I'm not interested in it being a story that goes away in, a, in the, like a month. Um, one of the main reasons I was calling was because I've been doing like care packages ideas. Um, I've been sending them out. I've got at least 11 orders right now to all the black women, some um, BIPOC out there. Um, if anybody wants a free mental health care package, let me know. Um, the link is in my page on my Instagram, and they can email me. Um, I don't know. If what's, I, what's, all, what's, all, what's all in the care package? Um, what I've been including is, like, I have a jewelry line, so I've been including a pair of earrings, a crystal, some incense, soap, you know, bath soap, uh, face mask. Um, I've been including a joint. I mean, but that's off the record. Oh, you got pre, you got pre rolls in there. I got pre rolls in it. <laughs> um, you know, just kind of whatever. I'm actually interested in making one for men, but I don't really know what to want. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But um, so I, I'd be open to hearing about that later. But um, so where uh, where are you located? Right now, I'm in Portland, Oregon. And how is it in Portland right now? Are they pro? Are they protesting? Say that again. Are they protesting out there? Yes, they are definitely protesting out here. I think there's been some crowd boy movement, so there's a lot of people pissed about that. So I'm not exactly sure. I won't speak on what I don't know, um, but it's definitely, you know, fucking organ. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Um, Have you uh, yeah. done any protesting? I haven't. I don't know the people out here. I'm brand new to this state, so I'm not going to, I don't trust, you know, all the people up here. If I was home, absolutely. If I was back in town, I would be there. Uh-huh. But out here, it's like... How long have you been in Portland? Probably like a month, maybe less. Okay. Yeah. And how... Have you been going out to protest or what? Yeah, I went out the first. I went out the first night. Uh, I got hit by a little bullet on the leg, but I'm good. You all right? You all right? Yeah, I mean, I'm good. I'm good. I, uh, I mean, when I was at the protest on Friday, I already knew it was about to pop off because I'm saying this is Oakland, and Oakland they don't take no shit when it comes to like police brutality. And that's one of the reasons why that police officer was shot that night, too. Oakland is, like, very bold. Like, I mean, this is the home of the Black Panthers, so they're very... Well, I mean, there's still... I mean, isn't there still quite a bit of Black Panther activity out out there, too? There is, but it's not like uh, it was back in the day. Like, back in the day, you knew. They were out in, like, up front. Like now, like now, like now they're like hidden, like they come out once in a while, but they're not like, they're not, not like out in the street like it was back in the day. I mean, I, I understand. I mean, like they, they are notoriously attacked for being like targeted as people to focus on and 
you know, if they're really out there doing the organizational work and, like, getting things done, it's like, I think learning from history and past mistakes is that we have to protect people of fucking color. And, you know, like, it, I feel like a lot of it comes to white people, like, this is a no-carry state, or an open-carry state, excuse me, you know, but, like... Portland is? I meant, I'm sorry, I'm thinking I'm in California. I'm sorry, no. <laughs> I haven't really gotten up here yet. Uh, California is uh, not an open carry state. Okay. Um, but all I'm saying is that, like, I think it is important for fucking white people to be out there and to be supporting and fucking standing standing ground, right? Because, like, they've been murdering black people and people of color for centuries now in this fucking country yeah and it's time to stop what's your views on the looting i, feel like I mean you're a business you're a business owner what's what, what, what opinion, what's your views my opinion is save businesses that are black owned small businesses independent people who are trying to make it work if they are like a small person trying to do good in this country and take care of their family do not fuck with their store they are an individual trying to do good for their community. If it is a major corporation like fucking Target, Walmart, Wal like what who cares? Nordstrom's out there in fucking Emeryville. Fuck that shit. Like, absolutely not. Take what you want. We're in a pandemic. Our country is not taking care of us. Like, y'all need to fucking eat. You know, like, no. Have at it. Like, have at it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what do you feel about it? I'm with I'm with it. I'm with all the shit. All the shit. <laughs> I mean, I do I do think they should not touch uh black owned businesses and and for the most part they haven't. The only uh yeah. businesses I think they're like fucking with are like businesses uh like you said like Whole Foods and like Chase Bank, Walgreens mm-hmm. and all that shit. Mercedes but I mean, Bank um yep. they've been saying if you are black owned business, you need to put this is a black owned business a sign or something because Every, when I was out there on Friday, everyone was fucking up every business down broad, Broadway, except for, but Oaklandish wasn't touched. Dope era, the dope era store was not touched. The All right. Cookies, okay. cookies wasn't touched. And literally everything, everything next to it was, was fucked up. So. What about like the restaurants and the bars down there too? Like, have I don't think, I don't think the bars, uh, were touched. I mean, I think they were just like people like graffiti and shit. Uh-huh. But yeah. I mean, if you are a respected business in the community and the community knows it, your business yeah. is most likely yeah. going to be safe. But I mean, yeah. the pe- the reason why people are like breaking in Gucci and like all that shit that was going on in Atlanta, like mm-hmm. Gucci yeah. Gucci doesn't give a fuck about black people. That, these like, these European these Europe. Europe- I swear to God, black people rep that shit hella hard. It's like they should be paying them for fucking like advertising like not not that they need it but like shit dude like that's a fucking look dude fuck all that take all take all that shit all yeah that shit. and yeah. the uh, the only time the only time like people start paying attention to shit is when the money is affected like black people be could be killed every day like they are and no one cares but then when you start looting it's a it's a worldwide there's so many news coverages now just because people are looting yeah 
Like I was telling this, I was telling this to my friend when Corona hit, you know, the whole country was hit. The whole country was affected. And I was like, what was that? What like say a scenario was this only hit a black community, right? Take drugs in the fucking like slums and shit like that. That's just like a, an example, but like, Corona hit the entire country. The only reason they acted that way was because it affected, like, fucking white people, right? It affects the people who, quote, unquote, like, I mattered. Like, that's such a shitty word to use, you know? But, like, the, the moment that something affects white supremacy motherfuckers, then we have a problem, right? Uh-huh. Like, everything else in this country that doesn't have to affect them, it doesn't matter. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. You guys are just asking for it. You're suffering. Like, you know, it's not my problem. Yeah. The moment that white America starts being affected, that's apparently when things are problematic. Yeah, exactly. Because once once you start affecting, once you start affecting the money, that's when all, that's when all the eyes open up. That's when all the The eyes open up. The stock market got started. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I ask you, though, um, I was also talking with my friend about certain donations and organizations and things to support. Can you speak on that? Do you know much about what organizations are like, you know, how, how you feel about that? <laughs> uh, what do you mean? Like, do I know organizations that are doing stuff right now? Or Well, which ones, like, I don't know, I guess endorsing or just people that you believe are doing the right thing and like what just wondering if you have uh i mean well um I mean, uh, there's this there's this one girl named uh Anne Marie uh Bustamante. She's really big in the community. She's uh she's uh She's a girl that I interviewed on uh, one of my episodes, but sh- her whole thing, she's uh, doing a she's doing a rent strike. I mean, it has nothing to do with this topic, but mm-hmm. she's doing a rent strike for like uh, people who can't pay rent or like these these landlords and and property owners who get a uh, get a bailout from the government through the coronavirus where they don't have to pay their mortgage or anything. But they're expecting the tenants to pay the rent. Yeah. So blah blah blah. So yeah, she's uh she's she's really big in the uh in like like all that shit. Her name is Anne Marie Bestamante. I mean, you can listen to her story on my uh, podcast. Awesome. She, she's on one of those episodes, and she has, she's also a fashion designer, also. But yeah, she's uh she's oh, one. I she, I, yeah, I think I saw that one. I did. I think I saw that one. Yeah, she's one. To, uh, she's a one person to talk to about stuff. But uh, as far as like products and all that shit, like I mean, I don't, um, I don't really know about any products because I'm not, I'm not really into. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll support someone if I know, but I don't really know. Yeah, absolutely. I have a, I have a friend up in Seattle. She does um, birth work, and she was asking for people to send in. Um, money to help support um, mothers of color in their birthing process. Uh-huh. Um, it's rooted in birth. Let me look it up actually before I do it. Um, yeah, if you want to, if you want to uh, shot somebody out right now, since we're live, uh, you can go yeah, ahead and I do mean, that. Davina Simmons, she's in Seattle, Washington. Um, it's, 
uh, rooted birth doula services up there. Um, if y'all want to support a woman of color supporting black mothers, um, then absolutely. Um, she's fucking tight. She's a client of mine. Love to her. Um, yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Calvin, call in. Hold on, uh-huh. hold on, Leon. I got to say something real. Calvin, call in. Five one zero. What was it? What's this number? Two nine two three seven five eight. My bad. I got two phones. But anyway, yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for calling in once again. That was Leona Haynes, dope chick. Uh, listen to her story also. She was uh, she was interviewed on Everyday Celebrity. And uh, she's doing big things up in Portland. She's giving us that uh, perspective of what's going on up there. And she's down with the movement also. So thank you. Jordan, it was a pleasure. Uh, I support you, man. You're doing it. I see you. It's up. Mm-hmm. I know. All right. Thank you. Be safe. Bye. Be safe. Bye. All right. So that was Liana. I mean, she called in, blessed us. Anyone else want to call in and get some shit off their chest? I have an open platform. You know what I'm saying? You could be heard around the world. Any city, any state, y'all can call 510-292-37. Oh, wait a minute. Let me get, let me get my 3758. That's the number. All right. So getting back to uh let's get back into some other shit that's going on. I know a lot of people saw that video of that white uh woman in Central Park in New York. I want to talk about that for a minute. This girl was choking the shit out of that dog. And everyone was more everyone was more upset about the girl, the dog, than the black person. That's what's so crazy about it. I done saw so many tweets and heard people on social media, oh the dog, the dog, she's choking a dog, but no one is fucking talking about the black dude that could have lost his life. Especially at this day and age, if that cop would have came. And it's fucking sad that black people have to literally record. They have to literally record interactions with white people just so they can be believed. The fact that this white woman knows and she's talking about she's not. She came out with this fucking public apology talking about, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not a racist. Just the fuck you are. You're a fucking racist. It's in your soul. That's why you did it. That's the way you did what you did. Because if it wasn't in your soul, you would have never made that statement. I'm going to call the cops. I'm going to say it's the African-American. She knew what the fuck she was doing. She knew exactly what would happen if these white cops would have went to Central Park. Racist ass fucking Central Park. We already know what happened in Central Park. The Central Park Five. We already know that story. She knew what the fuck she was doing if these racist white cops would have went to Central Park 
and saw this white woman with this fucking dog, this innocent young white woman with this dog. Oh, she's not dangerous. She's a white woman. She has a dog. She's jogging in Central Park. And they go, they see this black man. Well, first of all, the black dude is a bird watcher, which is strange itself, but niggas don't fucking watch birds. What what type of shit is that? But that's besides the point. Imagine if he didn't film that. Just imagine. The cops would have came. She would have continued with the lie. Oh, this black guy, this big black guy is threatening me. I'm a young, small white woman with a dog. This black guy is threatening me. The cops would have believed her. The cops would have grabbed the black dude. Grabbed him, sat him down or anything. And then obviously the dude would have got angry. Because he knows damn well that she's lying. He knows damn well the bitch is not telling the truth. She's making this shit up. So obviously, yes, he has a right to fucking be angry. I'm just sitting here standing watching the fucking bird, watching the birds. So his anger, the cops would have found him aggressive just because he's getting loud. And who knows what would happened. They probably would have threw him on the ground. Put handcuffs on him. He would have probably got mad and started, okay, why the fuck are you doing this? I ain't did nothing. I'm innocent. Like, what, what type of shit is this? I'm just sitting here minding my business. The bitch had a dog, dog running around scaring the birds. She's supposed to have a leash on the dog. It's the law in fucking Central Park. But no one's trying to hear what the fuck he's saying. Because he's black. She's white, so when you're black, you're guilty, and then you got to prove your innocence. You're not innocent, and then prove guilty. It's the other way around for black people. So maybe he would have got upset and start tussling and shit. The next thing you know, the co- one of probably one of the cops would have took out his gun, shot him. They probably would have put their knee on his neck. Killed him. They probably would have beat him till he was unconscious. And next thing you know, he has a some type of brain damage. And then he ends up dying at the hospital. All this. And then they would have lied. And made up a story. Oh, we were called to the scene because we had a dangerous black guy threatening a white woman. And then he became unruly, and then we felt, then the cops would have said, well, we felt threatened for our lives, even though there's like four of y'all, and one of them, you guys have sticks, you guys have guns, you guys have handcuffs, but you feel threatened for your life. All this nigga got is a camera to take pictures of birds. Imagine if that shit wasn't filmed. And it would have just been another black dude dead in New York by the hands of the police. But no one would have known about it. And it would have been swept under the rug. The cops, they would have just put a statement in and then went back out in the field to do it all over again to some other black dude. Just imagine that. 
Imagine all the fucking police crimes that are not filmed. Imagine all the shit the police do illegally that's not filmed. All the shit that's filmed now seems like it's a fucking lot because every fucking week we get, oh, another black guy dies, another black guy dies by the hands of the police. It seems like there's a lot, and it is a lot, but that's only the shit that's being recorded. I'm saying imagine all the shit that's not being recorded right now. Imagine all the shit that the police are doing that's not being recorded right now. It's fucking crazy that black people got to literally walk around with a camera and videotape their interactions with white people so they won't get killed and people can believe what the fuck they got to say. So we're fucking tired of that shit. We're tired of walking outside. Doing normal shit. And getting the fucking police called on us. Jogging. Sitting in fucking Starbucks. Going into your own apartment. Barbecuing at a fucking lake. Shopping. Driving. Fucking listening to music in your car. You're tired of it. It's been going on for too fucking long, and we are sick and tired of it. We're tired of praying. Tired of going to church, making hashtags. Tired of peacefully protesting. And that's why you see looting. People are getting bolder and bolder and bolder. And that's what you're seeing. That's exactly what you're seeing right now. People are fighting back, man. People are fighting the police back if you look at it. If you look at all the protests going around, they're fighting the fucking police back. People are not scared anymore. I mean, they might be scared, but fucking the anger outweighs the fear now. People are so angry that they're fucking risking getting their heads cracked. People are fighting the police with no armor on them. (laughs) They don't got no fucking helmets. They don't got no guns. They don't got no fucking sticks or anything to protect them. They just got regular fucking clothes and they're out there fighting police officers who are covered from head to toe in body armor and riot gear and they're out there fighting back. Because people are not scared of the fucking police anymore. They're fucking angry and they're attacking the police. And we're not taking that shit anymore. 
And there's going to be a time where, like, fucking police are going to start getting murdered left and right. And you saw that shit on Friday. Motherfucker just rolled up on two police officers and started shooting them, and one of them died. People are getting bolder and bolder. And I don't think the rioting is going to end. I hope it doesn't until all those fucking police officers are are caught and charged and then found guilty. But we all know that would be a cold day in hell where they charge four people and all of them get found guilty. We already know that. Even though it's fucking plain as day that they did something wrong. You can just go back in history and know that. Go back to the Rodney King. Plain as day that these cops were kicking this dude's ass. Hitting them over and over with the with the fucking with the baton. And what happened? Them niggas was found innocent. And then what happened after that? L.A. was burnt down to the ground. And that's why cops do what they do. That proved it. These mother... The cops are thinking like, yo. I can kill this motherfucker or beat the shit out of him. And you can record me. And I'll still get away with it. That's their mentality. Why do you think they keep doing it? If a police officer knew that what he did was bad and knew that he wasn't going to get away with it, do you think there'll be all these police shootings? All this police brutality? No. But they know they're going to get away with the shit. That's why they keep doing it. Because they constantly keep getting away with it. It's a fucking shame. But like I said, call in. 510-292-3758. Call in and vent, voice your opinion. We live on uh, Facebook. All that shit, you know? You got something to say? Call in, say it. What else? What else is going on in the world? I want to know who was out there in the protest. That's what I want to know. Nothing's going to change. A lot of people don't understand that in order to in order to change laws, you got to be willing to break the law. Like you have to be willing to either go to jail 
you got to be willing to do some to break some type of law in order to 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 change the law. Martin Luther King got arrested a shit ton of times when he was protesting. He had to break the law in order to change the law. It's like that's like everyone knows that. I mean, everyone might not know that, but you know now. In order to change laws, you got to be willing to break the law. And a lot of people are scared to do that. A lot of people are scared to go out and protest and fucking when they have curfews. A lot of people are scared. Oh, I'm going home. I, I got I got to go to work in the morning and all that shit. A lot of people are scared to stay out and break the law. Defy the police. But in order to change the law, you have to break the law. So let's see. See if we can get some some callers on the line. Let's see. Like I said, two five one zero two nine two three seven five eight is the number. If you want to call an event. Hello? Hello? Why is it so urgent? Why is it so urgent? Who is this? You said what? <laughs> uh, we got Chris. We got Chris on the line. Chris, you're on a live podcast. On a live every, oh, everyday celebrity podcast. Live on uh yeah. live on uh on Facebook. What are your views? You obviously called in to talk about uh, the protests and shit. What What are your views on what's going on right now? Um, I think it's I think it's a good situation, man. It's something. I think everybody's definitely just on what they're doing. I think they're going about it the right way. So you don't agree? You don't you. You don't agree with uh, all the looting and everything? Wait, what now? You don't agree with uh, the protest or the the looting or what, what do you don't agree? The burning, all that violence and shit? Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with it. I don't, I don't agree with nothing that's that parent. I don't nothing that's 
Chuck Snappen. It's a better way. That's what I believe in the iPhone had. It ain't gonna solve nothing right now. All right. So what? How do you feel about the cops? The cop situation. Uh, do you feel like all four of them should be charged and arrested? Hell yeah, most definitely, most motherfucking definitely. They don't go down. Do you think this all could have been avoided no. if uh, if they were arrested like as soon as uh, they were fired? Do you think this all could have been avoided if they were arrested right after they were fired? It would have been charged. Most definitely, the would have It wouldn't be this much, this much unrest, that's for sure. Okay. Did you go to the protest? Have you been in any protests yet? No, I don't. I wasn't out there today, protest. Not out there today, man. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what else you got going on? What else? What you got? What else you want to say to the uh, to the people before I let you go? Oh man, they strong. They strong. Stay strong. You heard it from Chris. Uh, you can find him on Everyday Celebrity also. He, he did an uh, interview. But uh, thanks for calling in. I'm going to holler at you. All good, man. Take it easy. Yep. All right. All right, we have a question from Erica Meeks. Let's see. She says, I hope I asked this correctly now. I don't know what every black celebrity has done or doing, nor do I know which has spoke out, spoke about concerning our nation's current state. But I do feel more black celebrities should be speaking up and out. Do you think they'll be as, as effective with reaching our people where to go from here like like they do for album sales? All right. So basically, the question was from Erica Minx. Um, she wants to know, do I think more black celebrities should be speaking up? And I do think they should be speaking up. I mean, they're black. But I think fucking everybody should be speaking up. Mexicans, Chinese people, Arabs, Jewish people, white people. I think fucking everybody needs to be speaking up. But black people, most definitely, because you're fucking black. I don't give a shit how much money you have. You're in their in their eyes, they still view you as a nigger. Believe it or not, 
you might go to these parties, you might rub shoulders, your wife might be white, you know what I'm saying, your girlfriend might be white, but you're still black. Your kids, even though they might be mixed, they're black, they're considered black. So I definitely think uh, celebrities should be speaking, and a lot of celebrities do speak out. I mean, a lot of celebrities are out there marching. A lot of celebrities are posting shit on social media. A lot of celebrities are donating. But, I mean, I see a lot of white celebrities are posting shit on social media. I mean, that's all good. But when you start speaking on what black people go through, that's where there's a problem. Because it's one thing to post, oh, yeah, Black Lives Matter. Uh, this is what's going on in the world is bad. It's, it's one thing to post shit. Because once you, you, you're posting it, okay, yeah, once you put that phone down, you're, you still live in a secluded life. You know what I'm saying? You still can go outside and motherfuckers won't fuck with you. But these black people are living in a different world. These black people are dealing with shit that you can't even imagine dealing with. And I want to play something I heard earlier today from a woman named Jane Elliott. She is a anti-racism activists and she asked she was talking to a group she was talking to a group of white women right i mean a, well a group of white people had a whole audience full of nothing but white people and this girl is a famous woman she's her name is jane Elliott. you need a researcher uh and she had a brilliant question that she asked her audience that was full of nothing but white people and i'm gonna play what she asked and I couldn't even sum it up even more clearly. It's like the perfect thing for all these white people who don't understand what black people go through. I'm going to play it. Since we're in this society, I want every white person in this room who would be happy to be treated as this society in general treats our citizens, our black citizens. If you, as a white person, would be happy to receive the same treatment that our black citizens do in this society, please stand. You didn't understand the directions. If you white folks want to be treated the way blacks are in this society, stand. Nobody's standing here. That says very plainly that you know what's happening. You know you don't want it for you. I want to know why you're so willing to accept it or to allow it to happen for others. Now, when I heard that, I was like, it can't, you, I, you can't say it any better than that. You cannot say it any better than that. But yet, white people still don't understand what the fuck we're talking about. So, hold on, let me let me see something else. 
And a lot of people think that people are protesting just because of this one situation. No, this goes back years and years and years since the beginning of fucking time, since this fucking nation was created. This is just not for uh, about one cop killing one black guy. This is about multiple black and brown people dying through the hands of the police that were unarmed and didn't oppose any threats that were murdered and these multiple police officers go unpunished because they're police officers. The majority of them are white, but there are black police officers too who just sit by and watch these white officers murder. There are black police officers who just sit by and also do bad shit. So I'm just saying police officers in general because all of you motherfuckers stick together. I saw this on the news today of uh, the New York, I think he was the governor or the mayor. His name is Chris Cuomo. Explaining to an audience why the fuck people are so angry. In Los Angeles. 1991, Abner Loima in New York, 1997, Amadou Diallo in New York, 1999, Sean Bell in New York, 2006, Oscar Grant, Oakland, California, 2009, Eric Garner, New York City, 2014, Michael Brown, Missouri, 2014, Laquan McDonald, Chicago, 2014, Freddie Gray, Baltimore, 2015, Antoine Rose, Pittsburgh, 2018, Ahmad Aubrey in Georgia, 2020, Breonna Taylor in Kentucky, 2020, George Floyd in Minneapolis, 2020. That's, that's why the outrage. And those are just the shit that was recorded. There's thousands and hundreds of cases of innocent people who were murdered. Thousands and hundreds of cases of police brutality that were not recorded. That's just some, a little piece of the pie. And if you research all of those all of those cases and all those people, look and see how many of those cops were prosecuted. Look and see how many of those cops were arrested and charged. And all of those people were unarmed. There's a cop who shot a dude in his car. There's a dude who shot a dude in his car with his son. Well, I don't think it was his son, but he had his child in the back of his car. He had a seatbelt on, his girlfriend in the driver's seat. He had a seatbelt on with his kid in the back of the car. And the officer shot him seven times. That was also in many uh, that was also in Minneapolis. So this goes back. This goes all the way back. 
Let me see if I can find something else to play for y'all. I was watching something else uh, about the minister, Louis Farrakhan, and he was on Donahue. I know you guys know about Donahue. And he was trying to explain to these white people. Well, I'm going to just play it and let him. Please tell me to part two of the uh, Donahue two-part uh, program. Now, just listen to this white audience questioning this Muslim man. Uh, and if a lot of you don't know Mr. Louis Farrakhan, he's basically the guy who took over what Malcolm X was for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So, and he he went on Donahue. Donahue was this big talk show host back in the days, back in the early 90s. And... Farrakhan went on Donahue in front of this audience, right? Because I don't know why white people think uh, the Muslims, the black Muslims, are so dangerous and shit. But I do. I know why. Because these black Muslims are educated. And they want the best for black people. And that's a threat to white America. So he went on this. He went on Donahue. The white audience, I mean, it was segregated, but there was, the majority of the people in the audience were white. And there was probably like, I don't know, probably like, out of an audience of 60 people, there was probably like 15 black people. And I just want to play the interactions of the white people in the audience that were questioning Minister Farrakhan. I'm featuring... Um, Minister Louis Farrakhan, who uh, at the end of our last program left an awful lot of uh, unhappy people in our audience, not necessarily unhappy at anything he said, but unhappy because they had no time at all to say anything. So this is our attempt to give you an opportunity to express yourself and ask uh, Minister Farrakhan to respond. Whom didn't we? Yes, yes. Um, I would just like to say that I am terrified that even you, someone who's obviously educated, has given up hope completely like when when you call upon us you say white folk you say black people jewish people why can't we come together we obviously can come together we just have to we just have to find a way to do it the desire is good but the reality is the total opposite of your desire and unfortunately as a young lady you are not in the position of power to make the decisions to make America work. May I, you know, as, as an audience of intelligent people, I would like to just take a moment to say to you that I really don't think you fully understand what has happened to these people that you look at as second class or inferior citizens in this nation. Black people who were brought to this country were stripped of their names, language, culture, religion, God, and taken totally away from the history of themselves. Here are 30 million people 
who don't wear their own names, they wear your names. Who don't speak their own language, they speak. If you want to call in and vent, the number is 510-292-3758. I'm taking calls. You know what I'm saying? If you want to call in and get something off your chest, if you don't agree, let's have a dialogue. So let's get back to Farrakhan. English, which is not their language. They never, never were allowed their own cultural expression of Africa. Don't you realize that when you turn a people upside down and inside out, then sell them, not for a day, not for a year, but for 300 years and deny us the human right to know, to read a book, to learn, to understand. And then after 100, uh, 300 years of that, you allow us into the church, but by that time, you've painted Jesus white, God white, the angels white, and then all these black people have been subjected to a form of white supremacy, which produces in the reverse a black inferiority. And this is fulfilling what Jesus said, as a man thinking, so is he, and as long as our people think the way they think, we will never be able to do what we as a people should do to correct our condition. Over here, please. Several people in the audience have said the things that um, he's saying, but you really haven't been specific. What is he saying that you have a problem with? And why is it when a black man stands up to speak for his people and all the people stand up to speak for their people, there's no problem with it. But you're saying he said black, he said Jew. When people talk, they talk like that. But why is it when a black man stands up to speak for his people, you feel so threatened, everybody's paranoid. And you talk about it's not segregation, we live in Harlem, we live in Watts, we live in Bedford-Stuyvesant, that's a form of segregation. We walk through Bensonhurst, we get killed, so what are you talking about? Now understand you, this is in 1990. It is now 2020. And in 1990, What they're the same shit that's going on in 1990. You can easily take this audio and play it in 2020, and it will still be the same. Now, let's get back to it. Uh, what I'd like to say there was somebody over there in the audience who said that they were afraid, they were scared. Uh, when they were talking about the uh, what he was saying, you see. And what I'm saying is the other day, you asked Mandela that same question about fearing, white people fearing, you know, what will the black folks do and stuff? We should be running down the street screaming, ramping and raving because when you look at the statistics, who is the one dying? From the policemen, from the KKK, from the skinheads, from the black people. We should getting- be scared, it should be the yeah. Right. Yeah. It should be us who should be scared of y'all Excuse me. I was brought up in, quote, Bedford Stevenson in my town. But I would like to say what scares us is I think we hear violence. Yeah. May I respond? Yeah. May I respond, please? I'm sorry. All right. Uh, Minister Farrakhan, would you explain why it is relevant at this stage in 1990 with all that we've gone through why it is still relevant 
to try and to educate or to get white people to understand the plight of black people? Shouldn't the energy be directed to us? If I may, my work is directly to black people. I spend 99% of my time dealing with us to help us reform our minds and spirit that we may do for ourselves. However, when you live in a society like this, and we know that in order to effect a solution to a problem between black and white, then there's gonna to have to be some meaningful dialogue between black and white in order to effect a solution. The young lady said she's afraid of violence. And isn't it sad that we who have been the victims of so much violence, now whites fear violence from us, we do not have a history of killing white people. White people have a history of killing us. See, and what, and what you fear, may I say this sir, what you fear, and it's a deep guilt thing, that white folks suffer, you are afraid that if we ever come to power, we will do to you and your fathers what you and your people have done to us. And I think you are judging us by the state of your own mind, and that is not necessarily the mind of black people. Now, I hope everybody heard that, and that's exactly the 100% truth. And I'm going to play it again because I want people to hear that shit again. Um, I'm with you in that you're talking about wanting between black and white in order to affect a solution. Now, listen to what this dude is saying. Like, listen to exactly to what he's saying. And tell me that he's not fucking speaking facts at this day and age. The young lady said she's afraid of violence. And isn't it sad that we who have been the victims of so much violence, now whites fear violence from us. We do not have a history of killing white people. White people have a history of killing us. See, and what, and what you fear, may I say this, sir, what you fear and it's a deep guilt thing that white folks suffer. You are afraid that if we ever come to power, we will do to you and your fathers what you and your people have done to us. And I think you are judging us by the state of your own mind, and that is not necessarily the mind of black people. Well. And you can't tell me that shit ain't fact. White people are scared that when, if black people really educate themselves, come together and realize the power that they have in society, that they will treat white people like white people treat us. And that's why you have 
all these systems in America that are not that are that are built to keep us poor, to keep us uneducated. The education system. It's made to keep us uneducated. These textbooks that you read, that your kids read in these in these fucking schools. These textbooks are not telling the truth about history. The fucking judicial system, these jails are made to keep us locked up and to lock us up. Colleges. Why do you think they don't fucking admit a lot of black people in colleges? The only reason these colleges, let's say Berkeley, for example, there's such a low population of black people in, at the University of California, Berkeley. It's a shame. And why do you think that is? It's not because black people are not trying to go to Berkeley. Black people are trying to go to Berkeley. I mean, it's a fucking college. Like Black people try to go to college. But they know they can't afford college. They know they got to fucking be a great, down near a straight A student to get in college. They know they got to get fucking loan after loan to get in college. And then when these white admissions people read these fucking essays... And they're like, okay, well, this, is a, this is a black person. Okay, we can, we're only going to let three black people in this year. But we're going to accept. We're going to have like 2,000 new freshmen come in. But only two of them are going to be black. And the only reason we're letting these two black kids in is for them to say, oh. So for them to, where they can't say that, okay, well, you're not letting any black people in this school. Hey. You don't see these two black kids right here? So you can't say we don't let any black people in this school, college, because we got two black freshmen. Even though th thousands of black children, kids applied. So they try to halt our education. But a lot of black people don't know that you don't need to fucking go to college to be educated. Educate yourself. Let's get back to Farrakhan. Um, I'm with you in that you're talking about wanting to have meaningful dialogue, and that's a problem. You know, right away, I don't know what's going to make whites happy, for Pete's sake. You know, you're talking about trying to find a solution to your problem. You're trying hard to do that. And we're tuning you right out. We're arguing with you. We're not agreeing with anything. We're not trying to give you a chance. For Pete's sake, you know, what do we want? Yeah. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum. Um, Mr. Farrakhan, there's a situation now where one in four black males are in prison or in jail or in some type of probation situation, okay? When I look around, even myself being a black reporter, okay, and they talk about racism of a black and white person going to the job, a black person is going to get the job. I never find that out. And we're in New York City with a black mayor, and I, I, I still haven't seen it. And when I see Minister Farrakhan, not only do the brothers enlighten me, but he gives me hope to not give up, not go get a pistol and stick somebody up, okay? So, 
When I see you, not only are you the light and the hope, but I think, white America, you need to listen. And please don't harm this brother, because we love him. Uh, yeah. Getting back to what she said, what exactly do we have a problem with? Before you made a statement, you said that I think that, well, not I, you said that white people think that you are inferior to us. I don't believe that. I'm part of the youth of America. I am not prejudiced. I feel more prejudiced right now than I've ever felt. Not against black, I am not prejudiced against black people. Some of my best friends are black people. I am. Now, I hope you guys heard that. This is a white woman talking. And she said the famous statement that all white people say when you say they're racist and you know what that is right i can't be racist i have black friends some of my friends are black that doesn't mean you can't be racist and that doesn't mean they're your fucking friends just because you know a black person doesn't mean you can't you're not racist Racism, that shit lives inside you. Racism is taught, but it could be also be untaught. Like, children are not born racist. You take two kids, you put them in a park, that kid is going to play with the black kid. The black kid is going to play with the Mexican kid. These kids are going to play together. You have to teach that white kid that, hey, don't play with this black kid. You got to teach him that. They're not fucking born racist. And obviously, everything that's taught could be untaught. You can unteach a motherfucker not to be racist. Back to Farrakhan. What's the, what's the problem with that? Yeah. yeah. You let him speak. Let me speak. Yeah. You wanted to speak to this young woman? No, I no, I don't want to speak. Uh, I, to uh, 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 you, who wants to talk to her? Yeah. No, yeah. What do you What do you mean? You feel more prejudiced right now? Because the way he's saying. Because me. what? What he's saying right now, I mean, I feel that you are prejudiced towards white people. Excuse me, excuse me. I think it's like he said, it might be a fear or misunderstanding that you have. Because what fear has he put or what has he actually said here today that makes you feel prejudiced? I think that he said that that we think that they're inferior. I think it's partly part of your own complex that you have to get over because I don't feel you're inferior. I have nothing against black people. Excuse me, this is the situation. Every young white adult says, I have not done this to white black people. I have not done that to black people. But your forefathers are the ones who have set us in the situation we are in. Now, what I'm saying is this. When Nat Turner stood up, you all rejected him. You killed him. When Marcus Garvey stood up, you all rejected him, enslaved him. He died a broken heart. Now, what I'm saying is this. Your fathers have put us in... I'm going to stop the video right there. Basically, what he's saying is whenever there is a black person... This is proven through fucking history. Whenever there is a black person who stands up to uplift his own race who stands up and tells black people, look, you are not inferior to white people. Like, if you do your history on your fucking race, like, you were the first people in the world. Those people who believe in God, God is black. Whenever there's a black person 
who tries to uplift and educate other black people so they won't be in poverty, so they can be educated. They're murdered by white society, white power. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, the fucking, I mean, the list goes on. They even murder white people who try to uh, empower black people to a certain extent. You know what I'm saying? The Kennedys, even though J.F. Kennedy didn't do shit for black people, he was forced to do it. He didn't want to do it. He was forced to do it. So I don't really give a shit about him. But it was his brother. He was forced to do it too. His brother had to talk him into it. And the only reason his brother talked, talked him into it because there was a secret meeting. A lot of people don't know this, but you got to do your history. There was a secret meeting with Sam Cooke. Uh, who else? Uh, I think it was Sam Cooke, uh, like Jesse Jackson, uh, Muhammad Ali, and some other influential black people during that time all met with Robert Kennedy and forced him to take and look at the civil rights movement and forced him to go to his brother, which who was the president, and do something about all this shit that was going on in the South. He didn't want to do it, obviously. You name one white person who wants, literally wants to see black people uplift it because if you uplift black people you know that you're you won't be in power anymore and which white person wants to do that back to farrakhan in the condition we are in and today you are profiting from what your forefathers have done now now my grandchildren are going to be raised and your children are going to say to them do it they have not done to them because you are the ones who have you are the ones who are going to do to my grandchildren what they're going, going to experience if the situation continues. Now, what I'm saying is this. When we talk about America falling, what we are saying is this. If you all want to control America, then we must have a land base that we control. You all cannot continue printing the dollar bill and then expect us to abide by your rules when you do not want to give us jobs. Therefore, I'm saying that we have now got to come into negotiations and Minister Farrakhan is the man to listen to. It, it, becomes, it becomes apparent more and more as we listen to each other and try to talk to each other that we don't perceive reality the same. And as we're talking about either reconciling differences or separating, it becomes clear that if two people are looking at the same thing and perceiving it so differently, then the two people are operating under a different stimulus. And so when the young lady says, I am prejudiced, to be prejudiced means to judge before the fact. After 400 years of living and experiencing, we're not prejudiced. We are looking at the reality of what we have suffered and continue to suffer. Are you there? Yeah. Are you there, caller? Yes. Thank you for waiting. I'm sorry it took us a while to get you, but go ahead. I know you'll be brief. Um, I'm a white American born into poverty, and I overcame it. 
You know, the opportunities are here in America, and why can't we just start now? We hear all this violence. Why can't we just talk in a positive way and go forward instead of remembering all these things that are in the past that are that are negative? They were not good for According, according, uh, yes, Mr. Farrakhan commenting. According to the uh, State of Black America by the Urban League, if we started right now, they said, we could never close the gap to black poverty and white poverty. She said, let us start right now. Let's forget the past. Notice this. When Jewish people remember the Holocaust and I'm going to stop the video right there, but listen to this next statement that he's about to make. Open your ears and listen to this fucking statement. This is very important what he's about to say. Want the world to remember the Holocaust. Wait, wait, wait. Why do you want the world to remember? Because if the world does not remember, it is likely to repeat itself. And Jewish persons who suffered from the Holocaust want the world to remember this because the world turned its back while Jews were put in ovens. I, as a black person, want my people to remember what we have suffered and what we continue to suffer so that we will say like the Jews, never again. Never again. And that was powerful. That was crazy powerful. We have to hold fucking people accountable. Because if we don't, people are just going to forget. We have to fucking hold these police officers who are killing us accountable. Because if we don't, people will forget and they will continue to kill us. We have to hold these senators, these governors, these fucking congressmen, the president. We have to hold these people accountable because if we don't, people will forget and they will continue to do what they do. Back to Farrakhan. Okay, I've, I've been listening in this corner right here, and I've heard a whole lot of negative things from the white people here. When you are trying to explain yourself, the white people don't want to hear you explain yourself. They drown you out. They start already trying to drown you out and talk over you. There's a certain amount of white arrogance here, and they don't want to listen to what black people are saying. They don't understand because they don't want to understand. I've heard a woman here say, go back to Africa. Somebody said, we have a black yeah. holiday. What does that mean? So yeah. what? What does that mean? He did not say that. He said, if we have a choice. What some of us can go and some of us yeah. can stay. Remember, but there's no understanding in here. People to, are just trying to, to talk. To those arrogant persons. You know, when you tell us, go back, please remember where you came from. And when you, when you want to relegate somebody to a specific place, 
Just remember what your origin is in this world. Please, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I want you to understand that you, wherever you are on the earth, you are not a native anywhere. You came there and took it from the native people who are there. So please don't talk about going back because if others talk to you about that, where would you go? All right, well, that was the video, and I hope people listen to that because you need to go watch the whole the whole interview. 1990, Louis, uh, Minister Louis Farrakhan on Donahue in 1990. And everything he said in 1990 is literally what's going on in 2020, which is fucking crazy that it's 2020 and it's still... What he said in 1990 is basically like what's going on right now. Years and years, decades later. But that was, that's the show. I'm about to sign off. You know what I'm saying? Thanks for the callers who called in. Thanks for the people who text questions. Thanks for joining me on uh, Facebook Live. You can reach me at everydaycelebritymedia.com if you have any questions, if you want to reach out. Uh, I'm on Twitter, everydaycelebritypo. Instagram is Jordan Owandi or everydaycelebritymediaco. Yeah, and I mean, to the black people, keep up the fight, keep protesting. Burn if you feel like burning shit down, burn it down. You feel like peaceful protest, do a peaceful protest. If you doing a, if you feel like doing a violent protest, do a violent protest. I'm with all of it because no one has the right to tell you how to feel in certain situations. No one has the right to tell you how you should feel when injustice happens. Or how to vent. Or how to handle shit. If you feel like being violent, then be violent. Like, tear shit up. And when I say violent, I mean, I'm not talking about going out killing people. You know what I'm saying? If you want to burn a police car, do it. I'm all with it. Police car is, is basically a symbol of a fucking KKK to me. To my white people... I suggest you get some black friends. And when I say get black friends, I'm not talking about coworkers that you you only see at work. I'm talking about hang out with black people on a on a on a periodic occasion. Like learn from them. Understand what is so you can understand what the fuck why we are doing what we're doing. Why we're so angry. Why people are looting. Why people are burning shit down. You know what I'm saying? Because reading a hashtag, you ain't understanding shit. Going on Instagram and seeing your fucking Real Housewives of New York post Black Lives Matter, you ain't learning shit. Get you some black friends. To my Mexican people, I suggest you stand up with us. 
because you're equally as affected. America looks at you guys the same as they look at us or even worse. To my Chinese people, you better stand with us because we're the ones who are going in your restaurants, buying your food, going into your hair fucking establishment, your nail establishments, your hair and nail establishments, spending money. So you better stand with us. And every other person of color. This is not a this is a black thing, but it's an American thing. And if what's going on in the country doesn't make you mad, then you're the enemy. Simple as that. This is everyday celebrity, and I'm out. You.